my podcast philosophy? It really is this. Podcast like nobody's listening. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it really is. I just get into the zone and then whatever it is, it is. Don't you feel that way? I think that's our personal brand. Yeah. Podcast like nobody's listening. <laughs> Let's write that down. That's our, that's our tagline. Like, yeah, that's our tagline. You <laughs> are Uh, I feel a little bit better. Okay. But I still feel really dizzy. So I might faint. Let's see. You know who this reminds me of? Jamila Jamil. Desiree Jennings. Desiree Jennings. Guess what? Did you find her? I found her. Oh my God. I found her. I found That's everything. Great news. I found there was a lawsuit. It has oh my God. everything, her entire medical history. Oh my God. I think this has to be a, an episode episode. Okay. All right. I didn't know because we, we talked about Desiree Jennings. So maybe we should introduce her again. Maybe we should make that episode free. Free. We can unlock it. Unlock that episode. All right. So we're going to unlock. So just look for it. We're going to unlock our bonus uh, about Desiree Jennings. She was a woman who said that she was a Redskins. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Redskins? What's cheerleader? Redskins? I think Washington. Washington Redskins. Well, that's what they're. I don't think they're called that anymore. Oh, I don't think so either. What are they called? I we're not the people to be talking about this. <laughs> Sports? No. Sports. <laughs> Even cheerleader. cheerleader and I believe that. Um, Do you not believe that? That's not real. <gasps> oh, <my> God. <laughs> Wait till you hear. I mean, it's kind of real. Okay. So that's basically what a lot of her story is. is it's kind, kind of, of real. real. Okay. okay. So she went viral, let's say. She was In on 2009. 20, she was on 2020. She, which is the most legit, I think, news outlet that covered her. Yes. Uh, and she was on Inside Edition regularly. Um, <laughs> she said that she had dystonia as a result of the flu shot. Yes. yes. That she was diagnosed with that. Right. She said that. And um, her symptoms presented real different than well, dystonia. And what a presentation it was. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she's clearly lying and she's doing this whole flailing different voices, including, you know, a British a, accent, a, a British Australian accent, accent, Australian accent, some people say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also this kind of like dis disability uh, minstrelsy kind of thing with the loose tongue and the way that you yes. associate people it, making fun of people with Down with syndrome, the, with for example. With the hands curved in. Right. So and there's the, a CP and then kind seizing. of thing too. Seizing. Like yeah. heaving seizures. <laughs> like, <laughs> heaving breaths. <laughs> heaving seizures. <laughs> Started with me not being able to eat without passing out. Okay. You know, it's she's uncovered a scammer. She's this is the well, full story, right? Has anybody should, reported on this? No, right? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Why don't you reserve your judgment till the end? Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah. I can't believe what I'm hearing. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely the prime audience for <laughs> was, this is the thing i texted you about earlier this week i was like there's right. something i yes. want to tell you so yes. bad and it, yes. I'm like it was eating at me yes. every single day i was like i hadn't i there was no one i could talk about it yeah, with i know i know and like i kind of tried to tell vince and he didn't know he didn't get it um right. una actually was very into it she okay. loved the inside edition video <laughs> she was like oh this came up for me before and i was like yeah because you have my youtube account on your ipad <laughs> She's watched it before. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I've seen this. That's amazing. So, so then Desiree Jennings, she like she was sort of at this moment when anti-vax became a thing. Yes, and it was cresting. This is a big moment in that too. Like this was big. 
and Jenny McCarthy and Generation Rescue, which she was her autism. Yes. Foundation. Yes. Alleging that vaccines cause autism is what Jenny McCarthy believed. Right. Yes. Which is a lie. That's a, that's a not true at all. Not true at all. Been it's based dis- been disproven. In fact, was a scam. Yes. In fact, was the, the, by, the by unethical plaques. doctor. Well, the, it was a legit study that he misrepresented for the press the results of. So it was like it was a thing that happened. It was a study, but he just lied basically in the marketing of it. Jenny McCarthy just like really like just grabbed onto this like with her like a dog with a bone. It's wild because I believe what do you concede? I believe at least two other authors on that paper that I'm not I don't remember the obviously the name. I'm not going to Google that. Just Google it. It's true. (laughs) I promise. (laughs) Just go to Jenny McCarthy's wiki. Yeah. Look at. Yeah. Look at that study that that scammer, the vax, the anti-vax guy. Um, He uh, I think the other two or at least other two other authors on that paper disowned it after that, too. Like it was so okay. horribly misrepresented. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it was a legit study. It, so this is like kind of, this was like kind of an important moment. Yeah. Because this is like when that, it started to become politicized. It exactly. had never been before that. Yes. And we saw that really play out during well, COVID, obviously. Not never. Because now never. I feel like I'm an anti-vax expert after yeah, doing all this research. Yeah. The, the roots are like in the 1800s, right? Oh, or I'm talking about in America, legis- like in a legislation and stuff. But 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 vaccine suspicion goes back to the 1800s, I believe. So how did they do vaccines back then? They would just like cut each other's blood and drink it or something. No, it was it was shots or I don't know the 1800s, 1900s. No, I think it was the 1800s. I'm pretty sure. So anyway, Desiree Jen- Jennings, she kind of dropped off the face of the earth after she was exposed by Inside Edition. She was exposed walking normally. Um, and driving her car and yeah. going shopping. Yes. And then also had weeks a, later, some weeks yeah. or so later. Yeah. Just yeah. like, and she's at like a strip mall. Like, let's say she was at Target. She was going to Target. There was a big okay. round yeah, ball right. thing. Target. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she went to several. They actually fu- tra- they tracked her for days. Seems like said. they would have. Oh, that's so awesome that I they did that. Love I love to work that they on were just like Inside Edition crew. Totally <laughs> cracking open Desiree Jennings. <laughs> So then she just fell off the face of the earth. Yes. Rich and I couldn't find anything on her. No. And, you know, we're savvy on the Internet. Yeah, I mean, we I don't know look where people to look. up. Yeah. It, the, the, the information was not readily available. So this is what I did. Let's hear it. <laughs> it was a whole. Take it's, me it's, through. It's show me how the sausage gets made. I read in one of the articles. <laughs> Why are you dancing to this? Was, He's dancing. Uh, no, I, I had a song. <laughs> Are you writing a song about Desiree? You should write a song about Desiree. Maybe the ballad, the ballad of Desiree Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> I love it already. Okay. <laughs> I'll be thinking about her. <laughs> I feel like it's it's like um, the Young Guns Bon Jovi song. Okay. Wanted. Oh no, that's Dead or Alive. The Isn't Young that bon Guns. That is Bon Jovi. It's not Young Guns, but it certainly got him the gig. Uh, oh, I thought that was on the. That was one of the, like in the Young Guns movie. Itself. No, no, no. That that predates that a lot. Oh, okay. So what? Blaze is, of Glory was. It was a John Bon Jovi single, and it went to number one. Okay, I like that too. That's also an anthem. Yeah, <laughs> it's also a ballad. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but he's cow he does the cowboy thing you know he does I mean? do it for <laughs> someone does. who always has hair like my mom's friends <laughs> okay cowboy with a twist okay <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. That's a good. That's a good song. <laughs> that is a good song. There's a lot of twists you give to a cowboy. Just a twist. Uh, Desiree's you know? quite the muse. <laughs> okay, so in all of my reading and stuff about her, I just started like obsessively reading everything that's ever been written about her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I saw that she had one of the things was like a press release announcing that she had launched a website called DesireeJennings.com. So I looked that up. Of course, it's down. Like, right. Well, it's not down, but it like leads to um, like fin- a financial services yeah, thing yeah. in Australia or whatever. Sure. So I went on Wayback Machine. Mm, so I found idea. it. <laughs> she gives an about me page where she just like tells her story, you know, basically all the stuff that she was saying on all those newscasts. The, the site has the press release that I read on it and it's from november it was issued in november 2009 mm-hmm. and it was announcing the launch of the website and that uh and it mentions dr butar who is this yes. quack, quack. <laughs> who it was giving her really weird treatments like hyperbaric chamber yes. shit was it like chelating or chelating however you say it which is like drawing the metals out of your body. Right. Were there supplements as well? Was it like Supp- vitamins? There, there's like niacin? Uh, no, he did like drops. Drops. And uh, IVs. But so he but he's not the only one. Right, right, right. There are other people involved in this that were also selling their stuff. Okay. On the back okay. of Gen- Desiree Jennings. <laughs> okay. And, people- and autism and anti-vax in general. It's just like your your general kind of crooked doctor who is you know, selling quackery as medicine. Just trying to make a buck. Yeah. By like with like oils and stuff. Well, at least they can't go into brain surgery. That's true. <laughs> I mean, but would they try? Maybe. Well, <laughs> Dr. Death, did you ever listen to that podcast? No. It's about a guy who went into brain surgery and his patients kept dying. The podcast came to the conclusion. It wasn't that he had some, he was a murderer or anything. It was that, that he just was a terrible doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and that everything came easy to him his whole life. He was just white wow, male. Wow, so it's about like white male, male perver- mediocrity. Yeah, yeah, just like rising, like just being able to, you know. Surf the wave. Yeah. Of I, life. There's a lot in, in that that I would love to go into, but we have to do that. Sure. So we're only sure. on part, the first top of my like 14 okay. page document. <laughs> okay. So you started reading, you were at her website, you saw the press release. Yeah. And... Saying that she had mercury toxicity, Butar saying that he's quoted on it. Yeah, yeah. Jenny yeah. McCarthy is um, mentioned on the press release as so, a friend of Butar or Jennings of Generation Rescue. Okay, so they're like, teaming. Yes, their Generation Rescue introduced her to Butar. It turns okay. out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It says in, on the press release, celebrity couple Jenny McCarthy and Jim Carrey helped point Desiree in the right direction through Generation Rescue a nonprofit organization dedicated to preventing and reversing autism, which is that's so not a thing, not a thing. Yeah. It, even now, people are like, don't know, don't know. We can't. That's another thing. OK, she said, I set up the site to tell my story and warn people of the neurological side effects that can result from vaccinations. Ugh. But a lot of her shit was physiological, you know, yes. so they just jumped on her. Especially knowing that in the majority of cases, their stories are seldom heard outside of immediate families and friends. So they're just trying to get this news out there. Mm-hmm. So um, on the homepage for her site, it links out to Generation Rescue and then Revita Pop and then OxyHealth. So OxyHealth sells uh, hyperbaric chambers. Mm-hmm. 
and Revita Pop sells lollipops that are like vitamins. Vitamin lollipops. Yes. That's a great for kids, idea. For kids with autism. Okay. Vitamin mm-hmm. lollipops for kids with autism. Mm-hmm. And they, they were they selling still them exist. directly. Yes. This is a lucrative business. They were <laughs> selling them directly on Generation Rescue at first. Okay. And Generation Rescue did have, back in the day, Desiree Jennings, like a whole page about her on their website. Really? And now they don't. Well, I wonder why. <laughs> so actually, in looking into these companies, I found out that in 2019, Anna Merlin, who used to uh, work at Jezebel, Jezebel she's a great yes. reporter, she's great awesome. investigative she's, reporter, she's a great person on author, top of it all. Author of Republic of Lives. Yes. Yeah, she's, great reporter, she's great She's been tweeting cat-eye. her tweets about the Alex Jones trial now did I've you ever watch great. the front line she was on about him uh no really good. i haven't but she's i would like love her to the whole actually. time yeah that's yeah. great so she did an investigative report for jezebel which i'll link in the description um about generation rescue and its deceptive practices right she says a deep dive into the world of generation rescue has revealed that the organization doesn't just promote ineffective or medically un- unproven treatments for autism the organization and the people associated with it profit from them too in two cases, Generation Rescue has heavily promoted products owned by past board members at the time that they served on the board, hyperbaric oxygen chambers and B12 lollipops, both of which have been presented on Generation Rescue's website as near miraculous treatments for symptoms of autism. Mm-hmm. The, treat- the treatments were expensive. The hyperbaric chamber is $20,000. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, there's That's like what a, I would expect to pay. Maybe a, ten. Uh, well, Desiree said she's getting one for seven seventy five hundred. So well, I bet she, she got, got a a, deal. the Generation Just... Rescue discount. <laughs> <laughs> the friends and family. <laughs> she did. <laughs> He's still charged an arm and a leg. And it seemed to me that they had an awful lot to do with her with Desiree's website getting built at all and the press release uh-huh. because it mentioned their products. So I really seems to me like, you know. This, in the press release announcing DesireeJennings.com Operation Rescue is mentioned. Yes. Yeah, sure. And no, Generation Rescue. Ge- Generation <laughs> Rescue, Operation I'm sorry. Rescue. <laughs> is that Operation Dumbo Drop? <laughs> Wait, have you ever seen that? I never saw it. Was no, it good? I don't think it was good. Oh. Isn't Janine Garofalo in it? I think so. I think she is too. <laughs> <laughs> so Revita Pop is owned by this guy, Stan Kurtz who at the time was president of Generation Rescue. And his resume, I mean, sorry, his website about me page claims that his son is one of the first fully recovered uh, children of autism. Okay, right. And his son was five years old at the time that he had said this. And he went on the doctor's show about it. Okay. Um, It was kind of like in the mid, early 2000s. What are you laughing about? (laughs) I correction. (laughs) <laughs> About what? Oh, Tef- Teflar, Telfar? Janine Garofalo is not an operation. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, what's she? Oh, you know, she's in, is she in McHale's Navy? She's, <laughs> she might be. She's in something like that. She's definitely in something like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think Tom Arnold's in McHale's Navy. I've not seen any of these movies. No, me neither. That's why I didn't know if she was in it. But I, that feels right. I there's felt something really right to me. Yeah, there's something that was like an ensemble, like oh, this, a big movie kind of thing. So, Revita Pop is owned by a guy named Stan Kurtz, mm-hmm. who at the time was president of Generation Rescue. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, his that website makes sense. 
He went on the doctors proclaiming his son is cured. He like used his son to sell these lollipops. And okay, so this organization that he is running is also promoting this thing. And they're selling the... Is Operation... I'm sorry. I keep calling it, Is Generation Rescue <laughs> a nonprofit? Like yes. what? Okay, it's a nonprofit. So he shouldn't be doing that, right? Yeah. That's that's corrupt right well, there. Isn't that no, a conflict of interest? Or can you do that? It, it's a, I think it's a gray area because uh-huh. they can always say like, we want to be able to share this. We really believe that this is, you know, what will help parents. You Culty. Know? Culty. Yeah. And it's just money. It's about money, you know? Uh, totally. I mean, I think that Jenny McCarthy is very um, sincere in her belief that she can try to cure her son. Yes. But I'm not too sure that she surrounded herself with the right people. And yes. I think she was so desperate to to really, like, get this thing going that she was willing to take money from hucksters mm-hmm. and whoever to, like, mm-hmm. really build up the foundation. Well, she still took money from hucksters and yeah. was doing shit like this. Yeah, so exactly. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. And I don't even know well, <laughs> what that means. What does that mean? It means I don't. It, it means, means impact is is worse than intention. Yes. Yes. I guess so. I guess, I guess that does mean that. Okay, well, things are clear for me again. It means even the... Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> but I still don't feel so good. Oh. Uh, all right, so um, I Googled Stan Kurtz's name yeah. with Desiree's name, and okay. I found a video. Okay. And the reason why we hadn't seen this before is because the title is in Spanish, so I think we both ignored it, like, oh, it's this is a Spanish language video, like, we wouldn't understand it, but... <laughs> <laughs> News Edge exclusive, an ailing Redskins cheerleader getting a helping hand from a former Playboy Playmate. You may remember Desiree Jennings, perfectly healthy until a severe reaction to a flu shot left her severely disabled. Her shocking story now receiving some attention from Hollywood. Fox 5's Claudia Coffey spoke with Desiree today. Desiree Jennings' struggle is getting worldwide attention. It's been unreal i didn't think anyone would even care about my story people were saying they were crying i couldn't understand why she first spoke to fox 5 about a severe reaction she suffered after getting a seasonal flu shot now both fairfax Nova and johns hopkins say desiree suffers from a rare neurological disorder as a result of the flu shot the condition is called dystonia and it affects every aspect of her ability to function spoiler alert i get a hold of all of her medical records and they never said that really the doctor's her entire medical history and the actual records from the doctors are in this document I found that we are allowed to talk about. And I'll get into the details of that. Okay. Okay. But no doctor had diagnosed her with dystonia and no doctor said that any of this was an an adverse reaction to the flu shot. Okay. So no one said that. So did she just come up with this or what? Yes. It seems like herself. Well, she was like, that's when everything changed. Right. So she's just like really believes that we'll get into what she believes and what she doesn't believe okay (laughs) one day after our story aired generation rescue an organization founded by actors jenny mccarthy and jim carrey reached out to desiree they've been extremely helpful they have a lot of doctors that deal with vaccine interactions and have sent us so many other stories similar to mine unfortunately a lot of theirs are with children which is Worse, I I can understand having an adult, but not a not a little child that hasn't had any chance to live their life and can't speak 
still I want to speak because I can, they can't, and I want to help them too. McCarthy's seven-year-old son, Evan, is autistic. She founded Generation Rescue along with actor Jim Carrey to educate people about ways to reverse autism. The organization is now raising awareness over the safety of vaccines, including flu shots. Generation Rescue's president, Stan Kurtz, was so touched by Desiree's story, the organization is hoping to fly her out to L.A. for treatment. And the story is just, anyone that sees it, it's just so compelling. Jenny was crying over it. Kurtz also believes that with proper treatment, some of her symptoms may be reversible. Well, uh, unfortunately, we happen to be very good at handling vaccine injury. We've got a lot of doctors that have experience in doing that. So our doctors and our resources are completely available to her, and we're going to do everything we can to give her a lot of options to to help uh, take care. Help, help God, he speaks with such authority. Yeah. It, it, it just like lying to people like people see that and they believe it you know, I need like to a doctor do... said that do we know any of his degrees stan kurtz let's see stan kurtz it's k-i-r-t-z k-u-r-t-z like swoozy i'd love to know the name behind the, the story behind swoozy yeah how the fuck did she get that I name don't know. She, she did was someone not be able was someone not her... able to pronounce swoozy maybe when they were little or she like her, her mother was a drunk and it's stuck okay so right now his website says that stan is a partner creative catalyst of creative catalyst of be courageous the motivational consultancy partnering with startups scale-ups and fortune brands who are in pursuit of breakthrough outcomes in culture strategy and innovation what well he's still shilling this lollipop yeah not milk oh and they have a nasal spray now tongues of the chronically ill <laughs> literally stan became a specialist at recovering the unrecoverable oh my God. in 2003 stan and michelle's son was diagnosed with autism stan harvested data from scientists doctors and parents around the globe while obsessively studying the biological studies on autism and distilling the data to simple strategic safe and effective approaches Stan and Michelle applied a customized strategy for their son. Does this guy literally not tell you what his yeah. degrees and where he went to college mm-hmm. and, and medical school? Is, does, he, does he say he's a doctor? He's not a doctor. He's not a doctor. He doesn't he's not, say that, so he, he, he's not called Dr. Kurtz. He's not. And yeah, he's not called Dr. Kurtz. Okay, so this is who is representing himself as the leader of the anti-vax movement. Not a doctor. Not a doctor. Not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, cool. Yeah. And all, let me buy that. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Lollipops. Great. Lollipops cure autism. That's this guy. That's this guy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now we know for sure that there's this link between Generation Rescue and Desiree. So I went down this rabbit hole on Generation Rescue uh-huh. and learned that, first of all, Jenny McCarthy did not found it, even though it's constantly promoted as, as her. her having found it really founded it from their wiki the organization was established in 2005 by lisa and jb hanley and 150 volunteer rescue angels more recently it has been led by jenny mccarthy led an author television personality and former playboy model since mccarthy has become president the organization has been rebranded variously as jenny mccarthy and jim carrey's autism organization Jenny McCarthy's Generation Rescue and Jenny McCarthy's Autism Organization. So, so I decided to watch a front the Frontline episode mm-hmm. about 
Vax. It's a frontline episode. It's called Vax Wars. From when? 2010. So it was like right as this shit was kind of starting to get big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cresting. Mm hmm. So I watched that episode and in it, I learned about this woman, Barbara Lowe Fisher. She founded the National Vaccine Information Center in 1982 um, after her son had received like a bad diphtheria uh, vaccination and it led to issues with him that was kind of like ADD or ADHD. Yes. And maybe autism, although she never admits that her son had autism, which yes. is weird. So she founded that organization in 1982 and it's been widely criticized as a leading source of fear mongering and misinformation about vaccines. Wait, since when? 1982. And it's 1982. Been Interesting. 1982. Interesting. In April 2020, the organization was identified as one of the greatest disseminators of COVID-19 misinformation on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Then so she writes a book and it comes out in 1985. Wow. It's called DPT, A Shot in the Dark which um, she co-authored with a doctor, but it's a PhD, Harris Coulter. Uh -huh. It was the first major well-documented critique of America's mask vaccination system, calling for safety reforms and the human right to inform consent to vaccination. Like a year after the book comes out, um, her organization lobbied successfully for laws that promote vaccine safety. And the law also created a special vaccine court to evaluate and compensate victims of, of adverse vaccine side effects. Okay. So it's called the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program that was con uh, created in 1986 um, when there were concerns that vaccine makers might leave the market if they're sued directly. It would threaten the loss of herd immunity. Like if there were like bogus liability claims, right. it could just, you know, fuck everyone's health up. Yeah. Uh, so Congress shielded them from liability lawsuits and set up vaccine court to hand out compensation to people who experience actual vaccine injuries, uh -huh. which are extremely rare. Okay. So we pay for this court. Every vaccine that children receive, there's a 75 cent tax on it that goes to fund this court. Vaccine court. Mm -hmm. How active is vaccine court? Are people, is there like a waiting we'll get list? get into that. Okay. Yeah. They, it, it really started to spike around 29, 2010. But wait, 2009, hold on. you mean? 29... Yeah, yeah, 29. <laughs> okay, <hold on>. <laughs> <laughs> Take out the zeros. Who needs them? You can actually get the stats of the amount of monetary awards mm -hmm. and the average amount paid out each year because it's public record. That's amazing. Um, in 2010 and 2011, the amount of petitions skyrocketed more than doubling year over year because this is when this shit is happening. Mm -hmm. Generation at Rescue was kind of advocating for parents to make these petitions to the vaccine court as a course of action, you know, like hoping that parents, or I'm assuming that hoping that flooding the system would bring about some sort of legislative change. Mm -hmm. Families went to federal court over the vaccines that they said caused autism in their children. They were told that their cases were without scientific or legal merit. And the, vac the vaccine court issued a strongly worded ruling on March 12th, 2010, denying a link between autism and autism and vaccines. OK. Yeah. So I got to thinking if Generation Rescue was telling parents to do this, surely they told Desiree to do this. Yes. And they did. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if they did, but she has a she has a petition. OK. So I found it. It's public record. Yeah. And it's a 256 page document that lists all of her medical history, all of it. And the reason why we couldn't find it is she changed her name. 
Okay. And I figured. Yeah. So um, she filed it in September 2011. Mm-hmm. And then there was a ruling on it in May 2019. So it went on, it dragged on for years. Years. And, years. and, and Inside Edition is 2009? Is that what it is? 2010. 2010. Okay. Yeah. So this is after Inside year, Edition. year after. Yeah. So I searched through the case files. Uh-huh. I had to like search through them to find it. Because like, you know, I couldn't find up. her. Yeah. yeah. They, they, so, miss, they miss when they were dead. Um, I searched for flu vaccine and dystonia together. Yes. Got this. I don't, what does it open with? Like, what's her statement called? Is it a complaint? I guess. Yes. Right. It's well in here in vaccine court. It's called a, here in vaccine court. We call that a petition. <laughs> right. Petition. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's not a jury situation. Yeah. They um, appoint a special master yes. judge. So it says DG petitioner versus secretary of health and human services. So this is DJ DG. Who's G? Is that her real name? That she changed her name. So Desiree Gennings. Yeah. Well, no, we'll get into that too. <laughs> this is the decision. So the decision is a 256 page document. Oh my God. And it's every, every page is interesting. Yeah. I tell you, I was like pouring over this thing. Like I was like. The judge I, wrote this. The judge wrote it. I mean, I don't think they wrote it. I mean, right. It's assistant. Sure. But. but in quotes. And yeah. there's, and there's just tons of the actual medical records, and there's tons of expert opinions. Yes. This is what it says on the actual page, and on like the first page. All decisions of the special masters will be made available to the public unless they contain trade secrets or commercial or financial information that is privileged and confidential, or medical or similar information whose disclosure would constitute a clearly unwarranted invasion of privacy. This means the decision will be available to anyone with access to the internet. Because it's not an invasion of privacy because she made her health information, she made her health matter of public concern. No, because she sued the federal government. I see. In vaccine see. court. So, so and we paid for that. We paid with our tax on child vaccines. So she immediately forfeits her records mm-hmm. when, you, when you do that. The kind of money they give out, it's significant. Oh, just in, 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 just in various decisions? Yeah. Okay. So indeed, the existence of vaccine court means there are people who do believe there are vaccine injuries. That is a thing that happens. It's just exceedingly rare. Yes. And also, it doesn't I don't know how many neurological ones there are. It's usually physiological. Right. Like something happened. It didn't mix well with your body. You're allergic to it. Like you hit a nerve in the arm, something Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Here's just an example. In 2006, the court awarded. 68 different judgments okay. for a total of $48,700,000. And the average amount that people got was $716,000. Yeah. Then we, we jump to 2010. It goes to 173 people. Okay. The petitioner's awards it amounted to $179 million, And the average award was a million. million. Yeah. So it just keeps getting bigger. The next year, $216 million. 251 people had petitioned the court okay. and so it just keeps growing and growing right. in 26 uh, by by 2017 706 people wow yeah it's so like it got busy mm-hmm. god i bet they missed the old days and then i'm sure covid brought it surging back in 2020 there was 734 there's no information for 2021 oh, for, yet yeah um but then okay but also now they're awarding more money what is it is just the is that that just a consequence of like if you file a lawsuit you might win 
Or is the court guess, is the court the, effectively the court saying, was giving less money to people eventually? Right. So okay. now they're giving like two hundred and fifty thousand is the average okay. for twenty twenty. Anyway, so so this uh, decision it it contains all the procedural history of this entire process, and it it keeps showing like all supplemental information she was submitting new doctor's reports like all through until the decision was finally made in twenty nineteen. So it showed that she was engaged with this case. And continue to submit things right. over the years. It says prior to vaccination, petitioner was generally healthy without significant medical problems. She had a medical history of bronchitis, a nose job, bulimia, and breast augmentation surgery. Okay. They it seemed like they thought that these were relevant to this case. Is the bulimia relevant to the case? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I I felt a little bit weird about you saying that. There's and... things I didn't say actually that's on here okay. that I don't believe are relevant to the okay, case. Okay. All right. All right. But they still mention it at some point, but huh. they don't mention it on the first page. It's okay. kind of buried later. December 2008, she saw an allergist. How do you say it? Immunologist? Sounds right to me. For an evaluation for environmental allergies. She said she had constant nasal congestion for the prior 10 years. She was sneezing and itchy eyes in the spring. Um, her father had allergies. Uh, so test results showed that she had no sensitivity to tree pollen, grass pollens, weed pollens, dust mites, cockroach, cat, dog, horse, and mold spores. The doctor's impression was that there was no evidence of allergies. Okay. In April 20, 2009, petitioner and her then husband saw psychologist Christine M. Cosgrove. And I'm wondering, was that couples therapy? What month is this? April 2009. Okay. So a few months later. In May 2009, she saw Dr. Elizabeth Mann at, at her family practice that she goes to, complaining of a headache, sore throat, and chills. On May 18th, 2009, she goes back to the family practice. He's a different doctor, complaining of moderate to severe cough for several days. She felt tired and achy and had trouble sleeping. August 23rd, 2009, she gets the flu shot. You know what? Should I give a little background on her first, too? I have a little bio. Uh, sure. Like, just like her background before we get into... Because this is when it all starts to get crazy. Okay. There's a, vent there's a hearing at this that oh, she uh, testifies at. Okay. And it was, went on for four days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she explains at this hearing that she chose a French name for her new last name at random in December 2012 because she was divorced twice and did not want... So she got divorced from her original husband, Brendan Jennings, got married again, and then got divorced again by 2011. But she's divorced while all this vaccine stuff is going on. She's married. To but, her, but I mean, but, but to okay. her first husband, uh, her, the first husband. When did she get married to the second husband? I don't know. Sometime between because she was with the first husband at least until the beginning of 2010. Oh, so he's the one in the videos. Yeah. Oh, wow. First husband. And then she gets she gets, gets divorced, again. gets married again, and then is divorced, divorced again. By 2012. Yeah. OK. Yeah. She explained she chose a French name for her last name at random in December 2012 because she was divorced twice and did not want to use her maiden name since in 2009, the media made a lot of unkind and unhelpful attention to her symptoms. Uh, oh, hey, look at me. Right? Look at me over She's, here. I can run now. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I can talk now. Okay. That's how she did it. It is how she did it. <laughs> she did. It was the, the display itself is so offensive that alone, not on, not, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I also, I I'm think it to, was, I think it was offensive. I think it was an impression that someone yeah, no, was I agree, doing but, of but what I they don't, think but a person. But you tease that we may feel a different way about her we at might, the end. Yeah. Okay. So I don't want to like judge her too hard, yeah. but certainly at this part of the story, I'm still like, you were doing disabled minstrelsy. Yes. 
That's and, what it seems like, and that's what a lot of the experts think. And you fucked around and you found out. Yeah, exactly. So this is what this is her like self-reported history in her at the hearing. Yes. She started working at AOL at 18 as a secretary. She says she quickly moved up the ranks and became a communications marketing manager. She also worked at Morgan Stanley as a securities representative. She also has a real estate license. She also said that like she bought, she moved out on her own when she was 18 and then she bought a house and then flipped it and then lost the equity in the 2008 um, mm. crisis. So the, the 2008, so 2009 would have been when all of that was going down because that would have been the follow-up. So that's when like this shit was happening. Right. You know, a lot of chaos. Yeah. So she, lo- so she was like losing equity in this house. She was going going upside down on it. So she probably had to do a short sell. It was a bad thing. Did she actually cheer for the Washington Redskins? No. She joined the Washington Redskins cheerleader ambassadors in April 2009. Cheerleaders are a dancing squad. Cheerleaders are the people who go out and they dance and on the field and all that stuff. They entertain. A cheerleader ambassador is someone who's specifically meant to go to the suite owners and interact with them. Okay. So it's like... Different. Yeah. It's real different. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's i mean people have written articles about that it's like yes, a really dirty it like a nfl place that thing would be, uh, there would be a lot of abuse in those environments and she said she felt like she needed to get breast implants to work there to get that right. job to That's get that gig very telling to become an ambassador you have to have a good background good education and speak very well because you were going to speak with ceos of corporations and high level executives in these suites um that's what she said what she that's said. what she said <laughs> um she said she wanted to be an ambassador because she'd hoped to start her own brokerage someday and she thought being an ambassador would be a good networking opportunity to meet ceos and rich people and get them in her brokerage i mean she seemed to me to be really like a go-getter and you know she, that she was working at aol when she was 18 that's like and then bought her own house and then flipped it like she just seemed like a go-getter and that she was motivated yeah Okay, so on August 23rd, she gets this vaccine, the flu shot. 2009. August 23rd, 2009. On September 12th, 2009, she says she had a seizure and fainted during breakfast. So they call an ambulance. She goes to the ER. I don't know how to pronounce it. Innova Loudon Hospital. Mm-hmm. She's complaining of weakness, overall not feeling well for the last nine days, subjective fevers, body aches, dizziness. Although she worked full time mm-hmm. during all of this. And ran every day to train for a 5K race. (laughs) So she had no problem getting out of a bed to a chair and her speech and thoughts were clear. The nursing assessment noted petitioner was hyperventilating, complaining of fever, syncope, dizziness, nausea, non-product. Do you know what syncope is? Mm -mm. It's like when you feel like you're going to pass out. Okay. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, (laughs) diarrhea. Do you know that song? Yeah, it's a commercial. <laughs> it always is in my head. I love oh, how I they never, do. I never Diarrhea. absorbed it. <laughs> <laughs> her speech was clear and understandable. Her temperature was normal. Her EKG was normal. Her oxygen saturation was normal. Her chest X-ray was normal. Her CT scan was normal. She was she had been admitted to the hospital, and they were when they were doing all these workups. So she was like in the hospital, saying there she tested negative for the flu, tested negative for mono, but her creatine levels were like crazy high like twelve thousand. okay and they're supposed to be between 19 and 204 uh-huh. but that can come from muscle exertion over mm. overworking out oh then then she tells them she reports to them that she received a questionable 
blood transfusion during her breast augmentation surgery. Mm, does that happen during breast augmentation? I don't know. Maybe. I have no idea. I mean, mm. I was sleeping during mine. Right. <laughs> She's discharged on, sub- on September 14th. They told her, like, you're going to you're fine. You're OK to do light exercise. September 17th, she's back in the ER, complaining of sudden lightheadedness, blackout and shortness of breath, noting immediate restoration of normal mental status. So she's not seizing. She's not walking weird. She's not talking weird. She's just saying she's dizzy. Mm -hmm. And then they gave her a brain MRI, which also came back normal. September 18th, she goes to a cardiologist. They told her she's fine. September 19th, she goes back to her PCP. Uh, she asked him to review her ER records and tests because she was convinced that her symptoms were due to Lyme disease. Okay. That's what it said was sounding like where it might be going mm-hmm. to me. So they did a Lyme test. It was negative. Right. He said she seemed fine and referred her to an infectious disease specialist. September 22nd, she visited the infectious disease doctor with complaints of headache, neck pain, multiple joint pains, then now pseudo seizures. Okay. Our, on medical examination, the doctor found nothing remarkable, in quotes. <laughs> I mean, and they stated beg the, to differ, but sure, I know what he means. So the doctor stated the possibilities included psychological as petitioner had a history of bulimia. Like they mm-hmm. thought it was a psychological thing. Okay. These, these symptoms. Okay. They didn't think it had anything to do with the disease or an infection. Right. They ordered a spinal tap anyway. Okay. <laughs> in December, <laughs> yeah. So she gets that on September 24th. It's fine. Okay. Uh, September 26th, she goes to a different ER. So this is just a string. She's been going to the doctor almost every day for a week now. Now she's complaining of an unsteady gait, difficulty with speech, syncope when standing up. So the symptoms are morphing at this point. All right. So she arrived via stretcher. <laughs> I mean, if you want to make an entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Her speech was clear and understandable. Her bilateral hand grasp was weak and her toes were progressing upward. She said, it feels like numb spots in my mind. She said, I mean, I relate to that. (laughs) She said she developed intermittent paralysis in her legs and arms. She developed seizure like episodes. They keep saying seizure like and pseudo seizure. Yeah. And she has one on the news like they show that. Yes. Her eyes are closed and they said that doesn't happen when you have a seizure. Your eyes are open. Interesting. And your eyes are pointing away from the the epicenter of where the seizures occurring. Wow. Yeah. They're doing some of their own sleuthing. They're doctors. They're doctors. <laughs> That's the thing is you try to fucking tell a doctor there's something wrong with me. And they're like, I went to school for this for exactly. years of my life. Exactly. I've seen a lot of, the, you're fine. And keep in mind, she's going, it sounds like she's going from doctor to doctor at this point Yes, as well. it's not like she just needed a second opinion. Of right. course you should she get got, a second. She, now she's had a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth opinion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I meant to tell you, in all, she had 58 doctors 58. Two psychologists and multiple experts. And how many quacks? Well, actually only like two and a half. All right. Two and a half quacks. Yeah. <laughs> well, because she just kept going. I, I think the reason why she kept going to different doctors is because she didn't like the answers she was exactly. getting. Exactly. That's what it you sounds know? like to me. So it's here that she, start te- she starts telling physicians that the symptoms started 10 days after the flu shot. Mm-hmm. She hadn't mentioned that the other two trips to the ER. And, and I just want to underline, like, I think that this is the absolute crux of the public interest in this as well. I mean, look, I love a fucking yarn. You know, I love someone who tried to 
do it and mm. didn't do it. I love that. <laughs> I love all of that. I think it's a story worth telling, but I think like the, the, the kind of takeaway or the science wins. Science wins. She tried to pull a thing where she tried to lie to people or, or she, she was so reckless about this and while capturing media attention that she like poisoned people's minds and maybe a few years or she at least, at least had the potential to and didn't care and behaved recklessly. And disinformation is a huge growing problem in America. There are people, there are a lot it's of people who the biggest threat to democracy, it's the biggest threat to democracy. There are people who automatically are, are already on the side of not democracy who are already just yeah. fascist and want to take over the country. And that sounds <laughs> crazy, but it's true. Um, and so that, that she contributed to this, I think makes the story that much more worth telling. Just, you know, disclaimer. Okay. okay. Just wanted to say. Yeah. Thank you for yes. saying it. Yes. She, she complained she had progressive deterioration in the prior four days and some new symptoms, including her legs were going to buckle due to weakness, shooting pains in various parts of her body, sensory changes in her head. She felt as though her whole body was hot, although her hands and feet were cold. She described seeing white spots in her vision and had intermittent headaches. This is like when Lena Dunham wrote about her COVID experience. Her labs came back normal. <laughs> But still, they, they had admitted her to do lab to work her up. Yeah, you know? they keep giving. I mean, Spinal Tap, I don't even know how that works. I never got one of those. I got an epidural in my mm, spine, mm. but I didn't even feel it because I was freaking out so much. I was afraid to give birth that I didn't even I didn't even what, realize what they had done do? it. Yeah. yeah. So September 27, she sees a neurologist there who says the observed movements are extremely peculiar and not easily described from a neurological standpoint. Mm -hmm. It is also odd that the patient's symptoms resolved for a long enough period each morning for her to apply makeup, but then, but then returned so forcefully that she is unable to speak or move her limbs in any sort of coordinated motion. That is an A plus observation. <laughs> right? <laughs> All of these you know you who can... told on her? The oh, nurses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's wearing makeup. <laughs> <laughs> they watched her put it on. She did yeah. eyeliner. They watched her put it on. Yeah, she's doing it in front of the nurses. <laughs> um, the patient is able to walk despite her inability to control her limbs. A psycho, a psychogenic <laughs> psycho. <laughs> it's not psychogenic. <laughs> it, they say a psychogenic. What is it? Etiology. Yeah. Etiology. Etiology. A psychogenic etiology to the patient's symptoms remains a consideration. Okay. The next day, she has a psychiatric consultation. This is her full-time job at this point. Oh, yeah. And they want to talk to her about conversion disorder, which is a disorder in which you do actually experience physical pain and yes. physical symptoms, right. but it's because your mind is playing tricks on you. Psychosomatic. Yes. And so they're not denying that these... But she has her yes. feelings she has feelings that they're validating yes <laughs> feelings are in fact <laughs> feelings are facts <laughs> but they're, but they're feelings. something <laughs> the only stressor petitioner could mention within the past year was her younger sister's suicide attempt she felt her sister did that to get attention as she had apparently done before which this is a that's a fucked up thing to say yeah well, it also is very telling about someone. Exactly. The stunt queen sees stunt queen, I well, guess. I, I feel like that's why the doctor included it. Projection. Yes. Yeah. Petitioner stops speaking with her sister, who has since moved out of Petitioner's house and back in with Petitioner's father. Petitioner reported her other siblings agree with her regarding her sister. 
but denied that this caused any difficult family strife. Petitioner did not speak to her mother after her parents' separation when she was 18 years old. Petitioner thought her mother was jealous of Petitioner's relationship with her father. She was not distressed when her parents separated because she felt her father could do better. Oh, so she says this. She says this to the psychiatrist. In order to get on the Washington Redskins cheerleading team, she had breast augmentation, which she felt was necessary to get into the team. She practices once or twice a month and enjoys it. We know that she's not a cheerleader. Yeah. And we, when in all of those like uh, newscasts and even on Inside Edition and, and online and the different stories, it's like basically like the whole thing is like hot cheerleader totally. hoax. Totally. And they, they show her with pom-poms, like a cheerleading picture with pom-poms. I think it's her school cheerleading outfit she practices once or twice a month uh cheerleaders like eat sleep and, and she enjoys shit it cheerleading. right Are you kidding me? Yeah, i've seen cheer they 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 practice from sun up to sundown like seven days a week i thought that was interesting that mm-hmm. she said that Telling. To, to the to the psychiatrist september 29th she's discharged she was diagnosed with multiple somatic complaints possible psychogenetic component it's not psychogenic <laughs> What's I mean, it's telling that she said that, that she even used that word. Exactly. So they've said this to her. She's I bet she's heard it several times. Several now. times at this point. Dr. Mann drew attention to the fact that she, and this is in quotes, was unable to hold a cup of water in her hand without spilling. However, she was able to fully put makeup on in the morning during hospitalization, including eyeliner, without complication until confronted by the nursing staff, after which she no longer could do this task. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're like helping her along in her character development. As she's leaving, she asks them for a note <laughs> for short-term disability. Uh, <laughs> but she did not receive it. She didn't get it. She <laughs> did all that and didn't even get the note. Yeah. Wow, so she just, then she just kept going. She said, mm, uh-huh. I'm not going to take, you're not sick for an answer. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here. I'm, <laughs> I won't stand for this. I'll tremor. <laughs> October 2nd, she goes to her family practice asking them if she has MS. Okay. And her doctor said no. (laughs) So later that day, she goes to Johns Hopkins ER. She goes back to the fucking ER later that day after going to her doctor asking if she has MS. Um, She had uncontrollable bobbing of her head when speaking or making intentional movements. She also described electric-like shooting pains starting in her legs and moving around her body. She also had symptoms of dysphonia, which is a voice disorder, that whispering or singing in a high-pitched voice relieved. So at this point... Do you think the dysphonia made her hear dystonia? Maybe. Maybe. Because so, dystonia has because not no been mentioned at her. all. Exactly. I mean, maybe there were conversations about it, whatever, but I bet somebody said you have dysphonia, which does. <laughs> I mean, any kind of alteration of the voice is dysphonia, Whispering right? and singing in a high-pitched voice. That's how she came into the ER. So, singing! And then she was like, dystonia, that's it. Mm, uh, she had episodes of uncontrollable blinking <laughs> and photophobia, which was eye discomfort in bright light. She had mild congestion and intermittent tinnitus in her left ear that woke her up. She had a taste disorder. She had inappropriate episodes of uncontrollable laughing. Warm water worsened her symptoms, particularly at her knees. <laughs> then she tells them, she received a flu vaccine. That's what she thinks this is from. Yes. They do an MRI. It's normal. She gets admitted to Johns Hopkins. All They do all these tests. They're all normal. Everything's normal. 
On physical examination, um, the doctor noted that she was well-appearing, sitting up in a stretcher in no apparent distress. Her face was very well made up. This is at a different hospital. This right. is Johns Hopkins. This isn't the other hospital. They don't have her medical records from the other hospital. Yeah. This is her coming into the ER and they're like, how the fuck does this girl have all this makeup on if this is what's been going on? You know? Right. You can't pull so, the wool over a doctor's eyes. And she still hasn't apparently learned this because she got called out last time. Exactly. Mm, that's like, Desiree, get your scam together. So the doctor says there's a likely component of psychological overlay contributing to her symptoms. So then they sent her to a neurologist at Johns Hopkins. Um, She's already been to a neurologist, yes? Yes. This is a different right. one. Okay. He said that she clearly had a strong psychogenic component and could have mild post-vaccination reaction with neurological symptoms, but that she would get better soon without specific treatment. Right. So that's the, I guess, the first time. But I think... But she'd been telling people up to this point that that's what it was. One of her former colleagues was working for the county newspaper and asked if he can do an article in the paper explaining her condition and it being tied to the flu vaccine. She said that she agreed because he was a friend and struggling to get a start in his new job. When that article ran, the local news picked it up. She said from there, the media circus began, starting with local stations contacting me to national syndicates. So Stan Kurt sees her on TV and is like, give me that girl. Yeah, (laughs) give me that girl. (laughs) So then he reaches out to her and then she does the second news story, which we watched earlier. That was the second one. Okay. Yeah. And which is which he's on because they're doing a follow up on her on October 4th. She's starting to say she can walk backwards and sideways but not forwards. I guess she figured out it was way too hard to do that all the time. Uh, <laughs> she was going to need like some way to get around. She told the doctor that a physical therapist had mentioned dystonia to her, but I'm not sure she had seen a physical therapist by this point. Cause right. I'm listing all you the know, doctors yeah. she had seen or like her medical history. You would think that would be included. <clears throat> <laughs> Don't cry. <laughs> So then the doctor's like, well, I think your symptoms are related to anxiety. He prescribed her clonazepam, which is clonopin, mm-hmm. for management of her symptoms as they were likely related to anxiety. And she did feel better after she, after she took Ativan. And then she'd been <laughs> taking her husband. <laughs> she also been taking her husband's Valium. Okay. And that was making her feel better. Okay. That'll do it too. Okay. The doctor, when he's discharging her, he writes up the report you know, everything's fine, MRI's fine, blah, blah, blah. This is what she presented as. I think it's anxiety. And then he says she was also informed that the relationship with the flu vaccine was not clear. Okay. So she's told that not diagnosed with dystonia. Right. But that's probably in reference to her insisting mm-hmm. that this is a result of the flu, which is why the doctor uh, at all said anything about it. Then she goes back the next day to her PCP. She says when she touches her anterior left thigh or fastened a belt around her left thigh, she could walk completely normally. <laughs> when she did do- when she did not do this, she Get could only run forward, but she could walk backward and sideways normally. Okay, now it's starting to get weird. <laughs> now it's just confusing. She also reported that her difficulty with talking was relieved by placing a hand on her chin. Petitioner also claimed that when she took her husband's Valium tabs, she was perfectly normal. It sounds to me like she's she's pill shopping, doctor shopping, right? So do you think that was the entire reason for the ruse? I don't 
No. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But this sound, that's what it sounds like to me. She just got prescribed Klonopin, and then she's going to this other doctor saying that Valium would be good. Maybe <laughs> it's <be> nice. <laughs> Do you think there's a possibility that she talks to this local news guy and they turn cameras on her and she just gets in over her head and has yes, to like do this 100%. thing? 100%. That's okay. what happened so to her. You, so it's not this kind of like objective to like... She didn't seek fame. She was... But it found her? <laughs> <laughs> she was used by the anti-vax movement mm-hmm. and these hucksters. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, so over the next few days, she sees a psychologist, a physical therapist, which is the first time she sees a physical therapist. So it's like, who told you about dystonia? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Her PCP again and um, requesting a medical letter supporting her extension of her disability um, benefits. Is that all in one day? Over the next few days. Oh, I see. But it's like less than a week. Yeah. <laughs> the article in the paper had already run. The first um, local news mm-hmm. package ran. And then now Sam Kurtz reaches out to her. Okay. He says he'll pay for her treatments that he says can cure her with Dr. Buttar in exchange for video footage of them treating her. Generation Rescue will pay for her treatment. But, um, the, but you have to consent to being videotaped while undergoing all of this weird shit. Yeah. The electrodes. For the uh, some documentary chamber. that they're making right. or like promotional material that they want to put out. Uh, so then at some point he put her in contact with Jenny McCarthy and then they did a video chat. She and Jenny McCarthy. Okay. They never meet. They do a video chat. Okay. Um, I mean, that was ahead of its time. Then October 16th, the next day, the first Inside Edition package airs. Mm-hmm. Then October 17th, she competes in an 8K marathon. What? For did brain, she run backwards? For brain aneurysm awareness. Then she meets Dr. Batar. He's in North Carolina. She's in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Stan Kurtz. She's in Virginia, but she's a Washington Redskins cheerleader? Yeah, Washington, D.C. DC. Yeah. She sees him nine times uh, between October 19th and December 1st. She's being chelated. They're, that's when I don't, if, it's either chelated or chelated. <laughs> that's how Liza Minnelli would say it. Chelated. Uh, <laughs> suddenly she has um, the, the ability to speak and walk. Dr. Buttar noted after the first treatment, the IV made a huge difference and that she was ecstatic and the nursing staff was celebrating since she was able to walk into the IV suite and talk in a, nor- in a normal voice. But what's it to her at this point? I don't understand why she would drop it for Buttar. I don't know. If she, unless she was paid by, oper- by <laughs> Operation Dumbo Drop? <laughs> Operation Ivy? Yeah. I don't... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what... Like every other doctor... Is it because somebody was like, I I believe you and here's what I'll do to treat it? That she was, she yeah, believed that it, maybe story, it was psychogenic. her own story at this point? Yeah. And she's like, oh, these people believe me. Oh, this treatment works yes. because they believe me. Right. Maybe that seems what it, that's what it seems like to me. Huh. Mm. December 7th, she sees Dr. Randolph Stevenson. He's a neurologist, another neurologist. He noted that she had normal cognition, comprehension, vocabulary, but frequently talked in a British or Australian accent. When when did they when was the timing? Do we know the timing of the second inside the, the, second, the expose? The second expose aired February 10th, okay. 2010. Okay. And this is December. So this is when she picks that up. Yeah. I'm but not you think po- they, they caught her before this and they were they sat on the footage for that long? I don't know. I'm not positive. But she reports it as they caught her in january okay, 2010 right, right. but she's also like a completely unreliable narrator because she gives <laughs> her entire like type she gives her <laughs> <laughs> she gives her version of her medical history yeah. to them from memory 
Right. And it's so different. It is yeah. so different from everything that her doctor said. Right. The, so this neurologist said that um, she was highly suggestible. He said that she would often appear off balance without actually falling. And he said he watched her closely and he saw clearly that her balance was actually better than average given some of the positioning her body was walking in wow. when she's doing this. Wow. And found that she was fine. <laughs> So that's the the first doctor who said that, but not the last. (laughs) (laughs) She's the first doctor that said what? That's the first doctor who said that she actually had really good balance. Oh, that she had. She was saying she had bad balance, but she had to have really good balance and able to do like the duck walk and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a level of aptitude that she's not even realizing that she's revealing. Wow. She has a falling out with Dr. Batar revolving around the 2020 interview. Huh. She didn't want to do it, probably because there was already memes, right? Starting, yeah, I guess so. With the yeah, with the walk it out. Mm-hmm. She was not feeling well, but Doctor Patar reminded her that she had that he had treated her for free. So I thought Stan Kurtz was going to pay for it, but now he's saying he's treating her for free. Right? Yeah, yeah. So wait, what? When did the twenty twenty air? They filmed it in December. Okay. Of twenty nine. Twenty nine. Two thousand nine. She said she was forced into the interview. And Dr. Pitar wanted her to stick with, with the, and then she says in quotes, with this ridiculous script about talking about autistic kids. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, for someone who was reluctantly performing, she puts in a hell of a performance <laughs> right? on that one. It's a real scenery um, chewing, maybe, maybe her most ever. So he wanted her to stick to this script of talking about autistic children, and she refused to do that. So when 2020 you know, asked honestly, her. Honestly, good for her. Right? Right? I like that she... So this is about me. St- <laughs> <laughs> when 2020 asked her if she was cured, she told them no, not at all. She testified that one of the things that was not in the final cut was her statement that she was getting worse. And that is when Dr. Pitar stormed out of the interview and stopped all her treatments. Wow. Yeah. She also ended up paying for her treatment with Dr. Pitar because Stan Kurtz refused to pay for it. How much did he charge her? Do we know? Five to six hundred a bag. IV. And the bags are vitamins, right? Something. uh, I don't even know. It's vitamins and something. Some kind of cocktail. Um, By the way, he's this guy has been reprimanded by um, the American Medical Association. Yes. More than twice, I think. More Mm -hmm. definitely more Mm -hmm. than once. One of it. One of the times is very recently about spreading misinformation Mm -hmm. about covid. Yes, he seems like the type. During the pandemic, he amassed half a million followers on YouTube with videos where he claimed that COVID is a bioweapon and the vaccine caused infertility. So he was still at it. Yeah. On December 11th, she goes to see a neuropsychologist and clinical psychologist. So this doctor evaluated her on two different occasions. The doctor noted that the petitioner drove herself to and from testing on both days. She did not have any muscle contractions or Mm -hmm. involuntary movement as she entered or exited the office on either testing day. However, on the day of the interview, she walked extremely awkwardly. She could not walk forward, but instead walked sideways. Her general speech had somewhat of a British accent. Her preoccupation with her physical health concerns, she is likely prone to developing physical symptoms in response to stress. And then the doctor said um, that she was under a tremendous amount of stress and he suggested stress reduction. I mean, I would imagine the tremendous amount was that the marriage was like in the shitter. Her sister, she's fighting with her sister and she has, she's going under in this house. 
But she's also been on the news. Yeah. And people are being mean. (laughs) So then Inside Edition pops up. They were secretly following her for days. And she says that they found her outside of a Walmart in January. But we know that it was a Target. So she's really like just not just another example of how she's not a reliable narrator. They found her in like mid-January 2010. And it was in the early morning and she was heading from a fabric store to her car when the interviewer approached her in the parking lot. Her walking was good. She had a little bit of a walking issue from a slightly torn quadricep. Mm-hmm. She had this speech impediment in the video. She explained she walked sideways in the video to get to her car because it was parked close to another car. Mm. This is what she said later at the hearing. Oh. The reason why she walked sideways was because it was parked close to another car. No, but that, if not, you when you rewatch it, it, she starts walking sideways yeah, in the middle of the parking lot. Totally. <laughs> so she goes to the emergency room the day after that was filmed. <laughs> so then February 10th, Inside Edition airs its expose. Mm-hmm. March 2nd, 2010, she undergoes an MRI for foreign accent syndrome. <laughs> the MRI was normal and all the doctors could find was a sinus infection. The next day, she gets a CT scan of her brain for foreign accent syndrome and then gets a PET scan, all normal. Mm. And then from February to April, she's doing physical rehab at the hospital. Okay. In July, she moves to California because, as Stan Kurt says, he wants to bring her out to L.A. Right. So she goes out to L.A. So she has a falling out with Dr. Pitar, but not with Generation Rescue yet. And it's really unclear when she has the falling out with them. Mm-hmm. It's not really in these papers. It's eventual she said she moved from washington dc because she could not stand the heat anymore so anything seven over 75 degrees was <laughs> extremely boiling hot to her so then she moves to southern california yeah. which makes no sense no, she should have moved to like san francisco or something. right <laughs> <laughs> by january 2012 she's divorced for the second time mm. and she's on five thousand dollars worth of medication a month oh my god but she claims she keeps getting worse so now i'm thinking at this point Probably all these medications are contributing to other symptoms. Could be. You know, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Um, She doesn't have health insurance. Finally, in March 2013, she goes on disability. Finally gets a doctor's note for that. November 2013, she goes to the ER because she was very weak and had a cold, plus a fight between her cat and dog produced stress. She noticed every time she became ill, her foreign accent came back. She's constantly, I'm not going to include all these other doctors, but she's constantly going to the doctor all through this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Like 2010, 2011, 2012. She's doing this all out in LA now, but not only LA, she's going to get treated in Washington state. She's Mm -hmm. going to Ohio. She's Mm -hmm. going back to Virginia. And at this point, she has already filed her petition to vaccine court. So then she sees this doctor, Dr. Jeffrey Sheehan. He, uh, diagnosed her with acute progressive severe dysautonomia involving the gastrointestinal and cardiovascular system. Okay. So he believes her lies. Guess what about this guy? He's a quack. Mm-hmm. Right. He said it was from the flu vaccine. Okay. There you go. He also said her contraceptive pills were making her diseases worse and she needed to avoid getting pregnant. He's from Australia. He is not board certified in neurology. Mm-hmm. The special master could not find him board certified in any areas. So then, because he tells her this, in March, April, and August 2015, she is seeing this doctor begging him. He's an obstetrician gynecologist begging him 
and seeking consultation and treatment, she's begging him for a hysterectomy. Uh-huh. Even though it was just this quack that told her that and she could just, you know, maybe not take out my uterus. Get, get your tubes tied, maybe. Yeah. But to do a whole hysterectomy? In August 2015, he performed uh, the hysterectomy. From June 14th to June 17th, 2016, they held a four-day hearing in D.C. On the second day of the hearing, petitioner sank from her chair to the floor in the hearing room, making growling noises. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they, asked, right. they asked petitioner's <laughs> expert, Dr. Simon, to attend to her while the undersigned law clerk called 911. Petitioner was transported by ambulance to MedStar Georgetown University Hospital, which necessitated the obtaining of those hospital records and the subsequent opinions of those of the experts interpreting those records after the hearing. So this ensures that it's going to keep dragging on because now they have to have the experts look at these medical records right. and these have to be entered into evidence. And there's all this paperwork to do. I'm I'm a little bit surprised that she never suggests she was possessed by a demon. Cause right. that's, she'd have a lot of people believe in that. And, <laughs> I mean, how are you going to disprove it? Mm. You know, she says she is a demon. When someone says they have a demon, believe them. <laughs> <laughs> the expert on the government side was a professor at Penn. Uh, he believes that she has conversion disorder, Dr. Lancaster. So he says that there's a difference between conversion disorder and a maligner, that a maligner consciously decides to fake an illness with a concrete goal. For example, someone who pretends to have a cold to call in sick to mm -hmm. work. But a conversion disorder is subconscious. There's no apparent gain for the patient. No one ever mentions Munchausen, but, you know, I'm wondering. Uh-huh. Because of the media attention, Stan Kurtz from Generation Rescue, which she said at the hearing was some wacky anti-vaccine group. Uh-huh. So she's not anti-vax. Approached her and offered to help cure her. Well, she is anti-vax if she's claiming flu. Well, she's not anti-flu vax. She thinks that, that she had a bad flu shot. She thinks she had a bad flu shot, not that all flu shots are bad. Yes. That's what it seems to me, which is like kind of at least she's not totally wacky well just mostly yeah <laughs> this is so this is the decision they came to this decision in 2019 the undersigned has seriously considered the opinions of the 58 treating slash diagnosing doctors and two psychologists because the evidence in this case as well as the more persuasive opinions of respondents experts and supporting medical literature show that petitioner did not have any adverse reaction to flu vaccine the undersigned dismisses this case. Mm, there you go. I think she got in there. She got in that room in front of those people. She started growling like a dog, made a whole thing on the floor. I mean, this Dr. Lancaster, like, just really tore every, and he was yeah. meticulous and, and granular, tore everything apart. Yeah. Um, that was never going to hold up in, in a court of law. But it, this dragged on it's, for years. It's wild that for it was years. seven years. Yeah, she filed in 2011. Okay. And in 2019 they, they yeah so she's living in california now mm -hmm. and she's not anti-vax that's what she says the, wait where did she say that in, in, in the her, in the in her, thing in the okay. petition she's okay. not anti-vax in the petition she said that she was taken advantage of by the media by the anti-vaccination movement and dr batar who she called a money-hungry egomaniac these people were never my allies each had their specific agenda Honestly, I believe that. Absolutely. That's that comes through loud and clear. So what do you think? I think that she had I think that 
I'm caught in the middle. Like she might have conversion disorder mm-hmm. or it might be bullshit. It's really hard to, to tell. Whatever the case She's is. She's doing a lot of doctoring way before the media stuff. Yeah. And so I don't know. It seemed to me in the beginning, it sounded like, all right, this is, all right, here's a theory that she is freaking out. She, her sister tried to kill herself and then they had a fight and then she kicked her out of the house. She and her husband are clearly having issues. He's on Valium. They're going to a psychologist together. But this, the first incident happens on their two year anniversary. And then she like never kind of goes back to work. She's seri- in serious money trouble. It did sound at one point that she was pill shopping, like doctor shopping so she could get pills. In other cases, it it's might. that it was just that one point though. Yeah. That didn't seem to well, come Well, no, because up. then they gave it to her. Then she had pills. Oh, so, so mission accomplished. Yeah. She also said that thing about her sister doing that for attention. And that leads me to believe that she's capable of that. And, you know, maybe she was just trying to get out of debt. Maybe she didn't want to work anymore. But maybe she was, maybe stress was causing her a lot, a lot of symptoms. But all of those things could be happening at the same time, you know? Yeah. And that's why it creates this like completely unique, never heard before situation. <laughs> you know, it's the confluence of everything. Yeah. So. Well, the Dr. Lancaster like put it really well when he said that he was the expert on the government side. He said that like this, none of none of it could be could point to one thing because there were so many different systems that were yeah. affected. Yeah. Like cardiology, neurology. Um, yeah. She went to all those it, doctors. It, she, everything. So like it just doesn't. It just it's not real. So well, for me, the most telling thing is just about the fact that like, you know, uh, generation rescue that was that is yeah, yeah you generation got it rescue just glommed onto her i knew that there was something afoot i knew it was some kind they, of shitty anti-vax yeah, thing and yeah. so like i'm just so happy to understand the they were like she's captured the, the attention of the country yes <laughs> like we're gonna ride these coattails and and try to raise awareness and they did they they did it like vaccine court got real clogged after that and they did i know and that and, you know, whether she meant, I mean, yeah, this is the road to hell being paved with good intentions. And I don't, even I don't think, think she, she didn't she had, mean to. I don't think she had great intentions. Wow, a way but, to bring it all back around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what it is. Um, that's what it sounds like to me. Uh, it doesn't, if it were more of a crusade on her part politically, no, there'd be it was, a little bit it wasn't, more. It was just I'd she, expect to hear more about that in it was the proceedings just, and after. Literally, it's just all about her. It was yeah. all about her. Uh, anyway, that's, that's I went, the story I went, of a girl who made it all about her. The ballad of Desiree Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. I hope that you guys were interested in her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was. I know. I did have the perfect audience for this. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you um, can you do the rest, I've been talking this whole time. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you. Liked it, rate it, and review it. If you didn't, go stick it. (laughs) (laughs) If you want more, patreon.com slash pot psychology. We have, uh, well, just go on. This week, we'll let you look at that for yourself. I don't feel like explaining that, but there's more (laughs) on it. There's a lot. There's a lot, lot. So... And you know Just what? thinking about how much it is exhausts me. So I, I, I think it's, it's a good popular. deal at this point. It is. It, it, we do well. It's been really consistent. 
We have fun stuff. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. The real world, big business. We do. We do. Post- I'm sorry, baby boom. <laughs> but we we didn't launch big business together yet. I guess not. Oh. Well, we need to. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Coming up. <laughs> and that's that. We review. didn't. No, never big business. Oh my god, we gotta yeah, watch I it. I guess so. There's gay guys in it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and Ben Midler. <laughs> <laughs> and lily tomlin yeah it's true the L yeah in lgbtq she is, she is. <laughs> sends for lily <laughs> all right thanks all right, bye <laughs>